past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad to have you here today. And as we look forward to 2018, one of the challenges that we all face is how to be better at work, whether we work full-time, part-time, and maybe even these apply at home. And, and if we're in entrepreneurship, we have to be effective on a day-to-day basis. And as I've been working this past year with a group of leaders and coaching them, some of them are mid-level leaders, some of them are, are a little bit higher, they're all really experiencing the same issues. And then I talk to some of the business owners in my field who are trying to grow their their career services businesses, and they face the same issues. And really, these common threads seem to be impacting the effectiveness and happiness of of all of us these days, some common threads. So we're going to be talking about today those common threads, those skills or or mindsets that seem to be frustrating people and keeping them from moving forward, and a few skills that can help you do just that. Attack these common problems that get in people's way and and find, find ways to, to move forward, to set those aside. Now, I think it's important when we talk about this to realize that we're all real people. One of my colleagues wrote something on LinkedIn recently. Uh, they read an article that said, you know, you should get up at 5 a.m. and work out and eat right and go to bed at 9, 9 p.m. and don't do anything on the computer a half hour before you go to bed. And, you know, whose reality is that? I can tell you that it's not mine (laughs) because we all have other things that get in the way, right? We have family and kids and we're working around all of those things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It does mean that we're not doing things perhaps in in the ideal manner and that's okay. We want to choose the concessions that we make and we want to do things in the most effective way we can with those constraints of, of course, having to live our our regular lives. I once saw something that said you should never multitask. And no offense here, but I thought, okay, that was written by a man, or perhaps a a woman that didn't have kids. But in, in parenthood, I think we can all agree that multitasking is necessary, or or else you'd never get anything done. Um, whether that's folding laundry while your kid plays in the next room or whatever. So we can all have those rules that we know are best practice, and then we have our reality. So we'll keep that in mind as we go through these struggles, common struggles that people have and some strategies for doing, doing better. One of the common themes I see at this organization where I'm coaching individuals is 
a real pressure to do more and more and more and more and achieve more. And, you know, we've seen a lot come out about stop talking about how busy you are and being busy is not, not a great thing. And yet we know in most organizations there is a push for volume of work and maybe there's a lot of tasks that need to get done. And for a lot of people, those tasks and, and completion of those tasks is fairly ingrained in your self-worth. And I don't think we can just kind of shove that under the rug, that we all have tasks that when we get done, we feel good. It's, it's that sense of accomplishment. Tasks are nice because, of course, they have that, you know, maybe more of a... Um, checkbox you can see that it's done and there's some benefit to those things and when we get buried in the tasks or get too focused on on being busy on executing those tasks we of course lose a few things we we lose that big picture we lose the taking the time really to be strategic and think about are we doing the right things instead of are we doing things right? And we can work ourselves pretty quickly into this place where we're overwhelmed. And my colleague, Susan Whitcomb, came on the, the show a while ago, a while, while, while ago, to talk about this idea. But the idea that when we get to that fight, flight, freeze place where our brain is kind of repeating the message to itself that we're overwhelmed, that we're in a crisis, we are not in a good place. So Susan calls this the red zone, and obviously that fight-flight-freeze place when you've just worked yourself into feeling overwhelmed, feeling like there's no way you'll ever get it done. And I'm not saying feeling in terms of the fact that this isn't a reality, but that that is where our, not just our brain is at, but it's deep inside our body. This, this feeling of overwhelm, of frustration or fear. Um, and we may even kind of be running around like a chicken with our head cut off and it's, you know, you can almost feel it in your chest, this, this, this fight, flight, freeze. And it's kind of silly that this happens to us at work, right? We're not going to die because we don't get this done. Um, but it's a, a, some culture and, and some personal, we do this to ourselves, right? And then we might definitely be in a culture that perpetuates this feeling of, of fear if we don't get things done. Now, the bad part about being there is that just the just element of being there makes us less productive, less creative, less healthy, right? To be in that state all the time degrades your physical health because, of course, your cortisol is, is up and it's not up for a good reason. So as we all know, that part of our brain is supposed to activate when we're running away from uh, an animal that's going to eat us or, you know, that was the 
that was the intention of that part of our brain. When we have those cortisol and adrenaline hormones pumping into our system without um, a real need for them, they start to do bad things to our system. And of course, when we have them pumping in there way more frequently than they're supposed to, then they are even going to cause that much more damage. Um, so what do we do with that? What do we do with, with that when it happens? And there's been a lot of people writing about meditation and there's been some articles I've read about meditation at work. This is going to work for some of us and not for others. It doesn't really matter what your remedy is. It's it's the idea behind it. So you might say, well, I can't meditate at work. Well, so let's pick that apart. What are we really talking about here when we're talking about meditating at work? Talking about getting out of that space where you're worried about the task, getting out of that space where you're reacting, getting out of that space where you're working yourself up mentally. So you can do that in whatever way works for you. read an article recently that was talking about they did a study to see whether it helped more if you went for a walk or you meditated during the day. And I always love these either-or articles because, of course, we could do a little bit of both. So meditating while you're walking is looks different. You're not going to close your eyes and some of those things. But there's some physical things that you can do while you walk to get the same benefits of meditation. But that's not what they looked at. They just looked at if you went for a walk or if you meditated, what was better. And they found that meditation was better than taking a walk. But guess what? Taking a walk is better than doing nothing by far. So you do what works for you. What you want to avoid is things that are going to cause even more stress. So take a walk, but don't do that with the person that's going to in your ear and bitch. And, you know, that's not your time to have someone else dump on you or even to walk with someone and you vent because venting isn't going to do the same thing as you having your time alone and processing will. Um, You can make walking more like meditating to focus on your body, focus on left, right, left, right. You actually get some of the benefits of uh, um, brain-based counseling technique, EMDR, when you do that. And you can think the same things that you would think while you're meditating, taking that thought, recognizing it, letting it go, not having to mull that activity that you do while you're meditating, you can also do that while you walk if you'd rather be active. And in some ways, I would encourage us to be active despite that research because we all sit way too much um, at work. Other things that you could do and other um, activities I've talked with my coaching clients about getting up and walking around the office, checking in with their staff. It's a little bit different, but it pulls them out of the task, gets them more into the relationship management feature of their job when uh, a lot of managers, especially in, in this organization, and I think it's true in a lot of organizations, can tend to be too task-focused and, and forget about that manager or relationship piece 
because we don't know what to do there, right? There's not a list of tasks there. And we can also think about, even if we're not a manager, getting up and building some relationships to have some break downtime so that we are building relationships with our coworkers because we know that they are the number one thing to move us ahead in, in our careers. They recommend you get up at least once an hour. Do what's realistic for you. Start with once every other hour. If right now you're not getting up at all during the day, that's going to be a big stretch. Um, set yourself a timer. Find an app that reminds you to get up every so often or find an app that will walk you through a meditation at work. There's a lot of tools that can help you achieve these goals. In the end, where you're trying to get to and and thinking about how you can get there in your own way, in a way that works for you, is to that place where you can think through and not feel that physical pressure of being overwhelmed where you can say yep I've got a lot to do and this is how I'm going to get it done or these are the things I'm going to start with that more productive creative place for yourself um, to, to move yourself forward and it's going to take practice to do that every day that comes into that resiliency piece that we've talked about a little bit on the show the last few months to be able to do that for yourself on a regular basis in whatever way works for you so that you don't act in ways you don't want to say things you don't want to say um, hurt your own physical health because you're not taking care of yourself all of those are our challenges when we get into the, that fight, flight, freeze mode. So this is one of the areas that I see people struggling, no matter what line of business they're in, and maybe even at home, the idea of feeling overwhelmed and what can you do structurally in your work, in your day, to calm that overwhelm and practice that so that you do it better each and every day and each and every time you feel that overwhelm come up, come about and it's happening more and more in our world today. So we need some tools to be able to take care of it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about more of the common ailments people are feeling in moving their career forward and some tools that you can use to help you put them aside. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about some common challenges that I see people facing, whether they're working, leading, or running a business, and some of the tools that you could use to to be better at these things. So one of the other challenges that I see people having is this idea of priorities. And it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of how we feel like we have too much to do. We have all these tasks to do and, and we just don't have enough time to do them. That kind of perpetuates some issues with our, um, you know, we're getting fight, flight, freeze, and then we're not as productive as we could be anyways. And some of those mindset issues start to get in the way. But also what gets in, in our way is just the amount of tasks that, that kind of bombard us and some of our thoughts around how to handle those. This is a particular frustration for me because I often have people say, you know, oh, I'm a procrastinator or you're a procrastinator because you didn't get this done. And I absolutely loved this article that um, it's called Procrastinate on Purpose Actually, sorry, it's a book. Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. And love the title, right? Procrastinate on Purpose because I kind of felt like this is what I was doing. Although, maybe not in the way that he is suggesting, (laughs) which is always helpful to have some resources, right? Everybody always says, oh, you just need to prioritize better. Well, setting priorities isn't necessarily always going to work. In the organization that I'm coaching in right now, people have a lot of competing priorities and, and maybe three or four different 
quote-unquote bosses that are, are setting those priorities. And one of the my fellow coaches said that they were talking to one of their people about this issue, and the person said they'd been taught to say, yes, and. So, yes, I'll get this that done, and when do you want me to do it, or I've got to get all of these things done first, or what would you like me to take off of my plate before I do that? But they felt that that wasn't really helpful because you're not taking anything off the plate, right? You're just saying uh, where it's prioritized, but you're not getting to the root of the issue, which is that there's just too much to do. So this procrastinate on purpose book phrases it and frames it a little bit differently. So these talk about the five permissions by asking these five questions. So can I eliminate this task? Wonderful question, right? Because now we're not just talking about prioritizing it and when it gets done, but we're actually starting to look at if this really needs to get done. Give yourself permission to ignore it if you can eliminate it. Does it really need to get done? I think the challenge here, of course, is that this needs to be a decision that's made by all the people who touch this task or process or whatever it is. So you may feel like it doesn't need to be done if your manager feels different or your customers feel different. That's probably not going to work. So it's got to be something that's agreed upon across the groups that, you know, can you eliminate this task? And there'll be a certain amount of perhaps um, conversation required to, to answer that question if the task or process touches multiple people. Second question, can you automate this task? So is it something that could be automated by a software or, you know, in some other way, maybe it could be automated? Then is it worth the investment? So if it can be automated, is it worth the investment to automate it? And this is a challenge for a lot of us that are small business owners because, of course, there are a lot of tools to automate things. We've always got to weigh that balance is you know, is it worth it to invest in in that? And sometimes we know it's worth it, but we don't quite have the funds yet. So we might have to start a savings just specifically for that software investment so that we can automate those tasks that are getting in, in our way. So can I eliminate this task? Can I automate this task? Can I delegate this task? This is a sticking point for a lot of managers. Again, we've got our self-worth wrapped up in completing these tasks sometimes. And that is something for you to explore. If you're having a hard time delegating a task, is you know, is it because you don't want to let go of that something you're really good at or you don't want to let go of something that is feels like it's really important to the organization. Sometimes we might be holding on to something because it feels that way when in fact there are other tasks or uh, other positions we could take within the organization that might give us that same feeling, but we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to reach out and grab those things because we're so focused on the task that we're familiar with and that we feel good about. And there are certain personality types that are going to 
fall into that trap more often. Those people that really like to be good at something, get good at something, and continue doing that that thing over and over again. If you know that's you, you're you're likely to get yourself stuck in this bucket where you're not delegating tasks because you are invested in them being done a certain way when perhaps that isn't really necessary. And in fact, in Procrastinate on Purpose, he talks about giving yourself permission to be imperfect. So you might delegate this task and it might not be done perfectly or it might not be done exactly the way you want it to be done. But guess what? Then it gives you the opportunity to do something that's going to move your career forward or going to move the organization forward, going to move your team forward in a way that getting that one thing done perfectly is not going to do. And finding those areas where you can let that happen, where you can deal with the imperfections or an occasional issue so that it's actually getting done and, and you don't have to do it is going to make a lot, a lot of difference. The other thing that that does and delegating does in general for your team is it gives other people the opportunity. When you are holding on to tasks that you don't really need to do, you are preventing someone else on the team from having that opportunity to grow. And if it's not something that you need to do, especially as a manager or as you're moving up, well, you're, you're really missing out on an opportunity for yourself to move to the next level and for your team members to move to the next level by taking on some of those tasks that you can give away. So can I delegate this task and giving yourself permission to be imperfect? Can I do it later? So this happens a lot to us in, as business owners, right? We get, we get to decide, can you do it later? And maybe it does have some ramifications. So maybe you're not going to do a certain piece of marketing because you, you have other things that need to be prioritized and you're, you're going to do it later. Eventually, that's going to catch up to you and you may need to decide you're going to do that later procrastinate on purpose find a time make sure you don't move it off if it's important right if it can't be eliminated or automated or delegated but you can do it later then make sure you do figure out when you're going to get it done and and then he talks about if it passes all four of those so you can't eliminate it you can't automate it you can't delegate it you can't do it later then it's time to schedule it and concentrate on it. And I was just talking to uh, a fellow business owner about this. We know, right? We know that you don't make a to-do list. You schedule it, you figure out how much time it's going to take, and you schedule it because then you'll actually get it done. And I think this is true for all of us, no matter what type of work we're in, but it's especially true for entrepreneurs because, boy, you can let other things, other people really eat away at your calendar if you don't figure out what needs to get done and put it on the schedule and honor it like you would any other meeting with any other client or coworker or boss. If you can't eliminate it, can't automate it, can't delegate it, and you can't do it later, it needs to get on the calendar, not on a to-do list. You can put it on the list, too, if you're one of those people that loves to check it off. But it really needs to go on the calendar. 
So that might be my one goal for 2018 is mastering that, really making sure that those things that matter that need to get done get on the calendar, not just on a to-do list. So what is it that you need to do? Maybe it's that you need to find those things you can eliminate. Maybe finding those things you can automate. Maybe working on delegating, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from break. Or, and or, maybe and, get a little bit more control of your schedule and making sure that those really critical tasks get put on the schedule, not just on a to-do list. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about delegating and then dive into some of the other challenges that people are facing and, and some tools to, to get better at them. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In this fast-paced, technologically-driven world of business, the stress can be crushing. It's exhausting business leaders and burning out good employees. It is not enough to work from the top down. We must now learn to work from the inside out. Listen to Innovative Mindful Solutions with Terry Geller. We will discuss ways to transform roadblocking emotions using mindful-based tools you can incorporate into your business and your life right now. Don't stress. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America business channel think you've seen everything there is to see in online television let us surprise you visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports health business and more on demand 24 7 you are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about issues of really things that bother all of us at work. How do we be more productive? How do we be happier at work? So we've talked a little bit about the fight, fight, freeze response that happens when we feel overwhelmed, when we aren't 
um, aren't taking care of ourselves physically and, and aren't taking care of ourselves mentally and get worn down, frustrated, and and maybe even frantic. Then we talked a little bit about how we prioritize. And this idea of prioritizing can be made a lot more concrete if we think through the questions from procrastinate on purpose and really take the time to figure out if something really needs to be done, if we can delegate it, if it can be automated, it's going to take a little bit more time. And, you know, we might choose when to do those things and when not to, coming from our reality-based life here, that we don't always have the time to think about it, right? We don't have the time to think about, is this something that I need to be doing? And yet, of course, if we don't take that time, then we continue to waste our time. So at some point, we might have to schedule out that time to really sit down and plan what are we going to do with these tasks that seem to be eating up our, our time, our energy, or whatever it is that's that's getting in our way. And it, it may take a while. That's okay. You can continue to run around like chicken with your head cut off. Sometimes that's just where we're at. And then make yourself a list, schedule it, and sit down and think about, is this really something that we could be doing in a different way? When you get to that place of delegating, there's a lot of different ways that you could decide what to delegate. I am a strength-based person, so I really like this um, delegation framework from Michael Hyatt, kind of a productivity guru, Michael Hyatt, and he has a four-quadrant model Um you know, maybe you're used to kind of the four-quadrant model from Stephen Covey's work around uh, prioritizing. This is this is different. So this is talking about how you decide what to delegate. So quadrant one here are the things that are going to be fairly easy to delegate because they're the things that we hate doing and we are not good at. So we don't have any emotional connection to them usually. We're, we're not passionate about this, which makes it easier. And we don't feel like we're good at it. So it's not even one of those things where like, you know, oh, I don't like to do this, but I don't feel like anyone else could do it as good as I do. So we, we are, we're going to more easily let go of these things. Um, for me, although it did take a while for this to happen, I think, just out of stubbornness. But one of the things that I was able to delegate that has been a, a real lifesaver for me is house cleaning, right? I wasn't passionate about it, don't love to do it. And, you know, I don't have anything particularly wrapped up in, in being good at having a house cleaned or being a house cleaner. So it was easy for me to delegate um, financial stuff kind of fell into this category. Um, you know, I do like numbers, but I don't think I was great at QuickBooks and I'm not necessarily passionate about that. So those are the easy things to let go of, the low-hanging fruit, if you will. And it feels good to do that. And in some cases, it might even start a little cascade of, oh yeah, I can do this. I can let go of things. And it's the world is not going to crumble. 
What are those things in your life that you're not good at, that you hate doing? Maybe every day at work, maybe at home. What could you do to delegate that? And I think sometimes we think, well, geez, if I ask somebody else to do this because I hate doing it and I'm not good at it, then I'm a failure or I'm just pushing my busy work off on them. And you have to be careful that that's not what you're doing. There's you know, a way to go about it. And you never know, there might be someone on your team that loves doing that and wants the opportunity. We assume a lot of times that because we hate doing something that other people hate it too. And we have to watch our attitude because sometimes because we hate something, we think it doesn't have value. And if we come across with that attitude, it's not going to go over very well. It's an important task or you would eliminate it, not delegate it, right? Go through your questions so that when you get here, you really decide it. This is an important task. It needs to be done. It can't be automated. Let's find somebody who's good at it and enjoys doing it. And that's the approach that we're taking here. You've identified it as something that you don't like to do or don't have the skills for, and so you can find someone else to do it. Quadrant two, those things we hate doing but we're good at. So those might be part of that, you know, oh, I hate doing this, but the way I do it is really better than how everyone else does it. Hmm. Maybe this might be where you have to think about does it need to be done as perfectly as you need to do it? Are you underestimating your team that they can't do it well? Are you underestimating your ability to be a coach and a manager that when someone doesn't do it well, you're going to be able to help them do it better? Sometimes we can have a little bit of a superiority complex around something and may even be afraid that if we give it away and the other person does it just as well, it means we weren't as important as we thought we were. Recognize that. That's okay. It will actually make you better to let it go and make you better in a lot of different ways because there are other things you need to do or you wouldn't be trying to delegate that. So things we love doing but we're not good at, quadrant three, we don't let this happen very often, which I think is unfortunate. Usually if we don't, if we're not good at something, we don't let ourselves love to do it. I don't find very many people put very much in this category. But it's those things that you want to learn more about, you want to get better at, you want to do more of. And for a lot of managers, I think they're afraid to put anything in this category, but what they would put there is managing, leading, coaching, strategic thinking. Those things are scary because they're not tangible. We don't have any experience with them sometimes. But I think that a lot of people would put them there if they, if they could, if they felt free to do so. So those things that you love doing or want to do more of or are really interested in learning more about but you're not good at, of course, those things you're not going to delegate, but you're going to have to delegate something else to free up your time to do this. And this is the part that a lot of people miss in their career development, in their leadership development, in their leadership growth, is that you cannot have the brain power, the time, the energy to do these new things if you don't delegate something else. 
And sometimes this feels selfish, that if I do this, then I'm pushing things up on my team or whatever. Again, let's look at it differently. I think about, um, very few people have done this, but you think about being on a high wire or being, well, just be there with me. So you're you're on some kind of a high wire and then, in our town, we have one of those ropes challenge courses, right, where you've got a belt around you, but you're on a high wire, and there's a set of rings, and maybe you've seen this if you watch the any of the game shows, or not game shows, but whatever they are, warrior, warrior shows where they're doing the competitions, and they have to reach from one ring to the next, right, you have to and sometimes you even have to let go of the ring in your left hand to be able to swing and reach that ring for your right hand. And this is where most people fall in the water or fall in the air and their, their belt has to catch them when you're trying to swing from that one ring to the next. That's kind of what we're talking about here is that to move forward, to move up, to to do something different, you have to let go of that thing behind you. And not only does that move you forward, but then it allows the people that are coming behind you to do the same thing. And if you can think of it that way, instead of thinking about it as pushing something down or pushing something towards them, you're moving forward, which allows them to move forward. And if they don't feel like that task is a move forward, then they might not be the right person to do it. Maybe there's someone else on your team that wants to take that opportunity. Or maybe it really is a task that you could eliminate or, or automate. So if you're moving forward and that person behind you then has the opportunity to move forward, that keeps everybody looking forward. And a lot of the trouble that I see with managers and especially with middle managers is that the manager isn't moving anywhere the managers built their little fort and they've got a moat around their tasks. It pigeonholes that manager. They're mad. They're frustrated because they're not going anywhere. And the people behind them are mad and frustrated because they're not going anywhere. That's a recipe for disaster for both parties, the manager and the team. When you start to reach for the ring ahead of you and let go of the tasks that are keeping you back, you create that movement, you create that momentum, you create that forward looking, stopping the fort building and moat building mentality so that everyone can grow. So what are those things that you love to do, would want to do more of, and what are you going to delegate to be able to take on those new things? And the things you want to keep are, of course, the things you love doing and you're good at. You don't want to delegate those. I would kind of argue with this one, and Michael, that maybe sometimes you do have to delegate these things because they just don't make sense for you to do anymore. I mean, if you're a CEO and you're still doing the finances because you love it, that's not going to work, right? So there are maybe some of those things that we actually still do have to delegate, but in general. If you love doing something and you're good at it, you're not going to delegate that. And that's, for the most part, going to be okay. You want to help your team and the people around you 
And if you have the opportunity to build your team, you're going to build your team to help you do those things that you don't love to do. Especially true for us entrepreneurs to build your team to help you do the things you don't like to do. Get a bookkeeper, get a lawyer, get a CPA, get the, you know, a house cleaner, get those people that will do the things that don't fit in this quadrant for you, the things you love to do and you're good at so that you can spend your time there. That's where we're in flow. That's where we get the best output. That's where we're really on fire in our work and in our life. And if you have the opportunity to craft your job in that direction, do it. And by all means, help your team members try to do that as well. Then you'll have the best out of everyone. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, talk about one last area where people seem to struggle and some tools that you can use to get better at it. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about some common issues that seem to be getting in people's way in their career growth or business management and some tools to use to shore up those gaps. So we talked about the flight, fright, flight, fright, fee, freeze, 
response and how that gets in people's way by really making you less creative, less able to solve problems and wearing down your mental and physical capabilities every day that you're in that in that mode. And then we talked about how you can think about tasks in a little bit different way, asking yourself the, the questions of can you eliminate it? Can you delegate it? Can you automate it? Do you have to do it right now? And then how are you going to make sure that it gets done by scheduling it on your calendar, not on a to-do list, when you know that it's something that you need to get done. And lastly, we've been talking a little bit about delegating using Michael Hyatt's four-quadrant model of how much you like to do something and how good you are at it. Um, other, there's lots of other ways to delegate. I, I like that one because it's strengths-based. We don't always have that ability to delegate that way. Uh, it's a good place to start, especially combined with the five questions from Procrastinate on Purpose. The last piece here is relationships. And some of us do this better than others, maybe a little bit in the extrovert, extrovert, introvert spectrum. But also I think that we're all busy and sometimes we think that, you know, a like on somebody's post on Facebook is maintaining a relationship and it's better than nothing. And it's really not maintaining a relationship. When we talked about the trends for, for 2018, I talked about how my forecast is that social media and and building a following, building a presence is going to turn more to being around engagement instead of content. Right? We're flooded with content, but we don't get real engagement. The more that we can engage with people, obviously not just on social media, the better our world is going to be. And I'm not saying that all of us need to become extroverted or that we need to have a million friends or that we need to engage with everybody that we have on Facebook or LinkedIn. This is going to look different for all of us. And yet in some scope for all of us, there needs to be a real focus on maintaining real relationships, which sometimes social media can get in the way of, right? Because we can get engaged in something that's not based in reality but for each of us to really think about do we stay connected with and have true interaction with those people who are in our inner circle the people that we want to be in our lives and Perhaps it's easy for our immediate family. Maybe for some of us, we're better at that extended family. Maybe for some of us, we're better at the work piece. Maybe even better at work than family, and family's the area we need to work on. The idea that I've heard around this, that is something that I want to implement in the next year, combines two of these great ideas. So I went to a, a presentation in, in October by a lady named Anna Christina, who was talking about resilience and kind of this flight, fright, reprise mentality. And that your gratitude and actively practicing gratitude 
cannot exist at the same time as that flight, fright, freeze reaction. So if you are actively practicing gratitude, you actually cannot be in both states at the same time, brain chemistry-wise. Just fascinating. So here's my challenge to us, me, you, for the next year, is gratitude every day. Two birds, one stone. First, get you out of flight, fright, freeze. Can't be there when you're in gratitude. And two, probably one of the best ways to maintain your relationships. Now, gratitude is gratitude. You don't have to do it perfect. doesn't matter. And combine this with another idea that I heard in a presentation recently around giving feedback in a process way instead of in an outcome way. So instead of saying good job to someone, you say, I really appreciate it when you did this or when you did this, it really did this for me. So instead of, and I'm working on this with my 18 month old right now. So a very simple example, instead of saying good job to him when he doesn't throw his food from his chair, good listening, right? Acknowledging the process not the outcome. So that ingratitude in in our lives might look like when someone posts a helpful article to us to actually say that in the comments. Thank you so much for posting this article. I really found value in this point. Or we might write to a colleague And depending on how big our circle is, we might write to a colleague once a day, once a week, and tell that colleague, last week when you did X, Y, or Z, it really helped me out, or it really did X, Y, and Z for me. And if you went through your network and did that for every single person in your network once a day, once a week, set a reasonable rule for yourself. What would your network look like a year from now? How would people feel about you? And how would you feel about them? Because giving that gratitude reinforces their value to you, which is a good thing, right? What would it look like a year from now if every workday next week you sent a little note of gratitude to everyone in your network? met with a colleague for lunch. And she said that she went around her office and did this. She wrote thank you cards to everyone in her office. Again, they have to have a meaningful connection in there. At least some something. Make it personal in some way. It doesn't have to be perfect. And she said her relationships with everyone in the office have improved. People said, wow, Amanda, that was, that was a really thoughtful thing to do. Thank you didn't have to be brownies or cookies or it just was a card handwritten because she was in person she could do that handwritten thank you card if you've got send out cards and you want to do it that way as long as the message is personalized i don't think it matters do what you can do do what works for you we're going to have a few replays here on the show at the end of the year 
and we'll play our one on goal setting. It's always everybody's favorite. So you'll have that coming up. I wish you a, a wonderful start to 2018. And the Career Confidant will be right here in at the beginning of 2018 to help you continue to take your career forward. You can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at Career Thought Leaders. We look forward to seeing you right back here again in 2018 on the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thank you.